Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's your time to add up on the Edup Experience podcast where we make education your business. Dr. Joe Salucio back with you on another episode. I am recording like a madman here at uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina at Market Hall, where we are at the Element 451 Engage Summit. And we are, the energy is high, the product releases are many, and there's a lot of happy, amazing customers of Element 451 walking around at this and, and, and engage summit. We love it. Um, it's uh, We're glad to be here. The sun is shining. And we've got a, an amazing guest with us who's going to tell us even more than people have told us already. In fact, he may he may pontificate on the future of higher education. Uh, who knows what he's going to do? Ladies and gentlemen, we'll here see. he is, we'll see. Ty Fujimori. <laughs> he's Chief Product Officer at Element 451. Ty, what's going on? Uh, having a lot of fun. Love Raleigh. Love being here for this event. Um, it's amazing to, to see the team in person. Obviously, uh, Elements are a uh, remote company, so yep. this is the, the big opportunity to really put you know, faces to Zoom boxes and uh, yeah, and it's really special time. So your job is obviously very important as a chief product officer because there is no uh, Element 451 without product, as it were, right? It has yeah. to have the technology and the product. What what does this conference mean to you in terms of what happens next? Is this a is this a pivotal moment in terms of each year now where you just you're able to collate all this information and then set some kind of strategy plan? Yeah, absolutely. So this the the last few months we've uh, really committed to doing our planning in these kind of yearly increments around Engage because we know it's this time when we're going to be getting together with our customers and getting our team together. Um, and what's really amazing about that opportunity is we get to talk directly with all of the people who are using our tools every day. And for me, that's super motivational because when I look at building software, I don't think about it as uh, as a machine. I think about it as a way to serve human beings. Serve Nailed people. it. And so it's all about uh, understanding the, the human beings who are going to be uh, looking at their screens, looking at the things that we're creating and making sure that we're serving them really well. Yeah. And it's a great opportunity to just have all those conversations in a short period of time. And you know what typically happens at these events, right? So you have, you're talking to people all year round. They need things. They want the product to do something. But student comes in or employee comes in and all of a sudden they go, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody about that. I, I forgot to let them know that I wanted that. When you get them in person, it's like, hey, I need to do this and this and this because it's top of mind, right? So you really get flooded with information. Is yes. that true? Yeah, absolutely. And then I, I think our job as product managers is to distill that uh, triage, understand um, you know, how we can serve the most people the most quickly uh, and evolve the product in the direction that the, the customer base is, is asking for. But our team is absolutely incredible at doing that, at making the adjustments that are necessary. And uh, so, you know, I, I view my job as, as easy because I just have to kind of tee it up. And uh, are the, you the sure job. your job doesn't sound easy? <laughs> I, I don't have to code anything. You know, that's that's <laughs> the, the coding. I used to be a coder, but uh, no, no longer. Now I just I just uh, talk into computers all day. Talk about the product. How is the product evolving? Yeah. So this year, our focus is to make Element even broader, to serve even more use cases really, really well, um, focusing on expanding what we can do for current students, expanding what we can do for alumni, adding more data types to the system, adding more integration so you can get that data into Element. But we're also focusing on making the product deeper, adding more and more features spearheaded by our AI tools. And you know the entire, I, I would say the industry, but actually every industry everywhere is getting transformed by AI. Live and, uh, in the now! 
we view this as a, a key moment and a key opportunity for us to bring very uh, important value to our schools to help them accelerate to the next phase of their growth by taking advantage of this truly uh, bleeding edge technology. Do you think that the users from those that you've spoken with or over the last, let's just call it, where are we, six months or so since ChatGPT reared its head? Yeah, yeah. Is there a demand to say, hey, Ty, put these AI tools in the system? Or are you guys going, you know what? You don't even know that you want these AI tools in the system yet, but you're going to ask us in a year from now and we're going to go, we've already done it. What's that spectrum of, I don't know, desire and needs and wants look like in terms of AI and its usage? Because there's early adopters and there's like zero adopters right now. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting time because I don't think people quite realize how big a deal this is. Outrageous. Um, AI tools are going to transform every job in every industry in some way. We're all going to be working differently in two years, five years, 10 years than we do now. And that goes for my job, it goes for your job. There's- What do you say to this person? I don't think so. Well, I think I would say um, the proof's in the pudding. Mm. So we'll see over time. Um, but when you are you know, looking continually at what these tools are able to do and how fast they're evolving, it is really stunning. And, you know, when I think, you know, even in my day, all the different little odds and ends that I take care of that yeah, maybe an AI could actually do that within a pretty short period of time uh, from, you know, driving the car to writing emails to whatever other, um, you know, tasks I'm doing. Like, I think there's a great deal of, uh, of potential application in every aspect of life. Um, and so, so to your question, yes, there is some uh, request and demand because there are some people who are those those uh, early adopters who say I really want to start using this right now. Yeah. But it's also uh, a process of getting it out ahead and educating and training users to show them how these tools can actually be leveraged. Because I think many people uh, outside of the tech world, in particular, they'll try a tool like ChatGPT. It's kind of cool. It's novel, but it's hard to imagine the applications for their life and. Uh, that's why we're here is to help uh, crystallize that and make that real for for people and, and bring them value in a direct way amazing doesn't this make your job harder though when you put ai within your system now you've got to maintain and upgrade and i don't know the right words i'm not a tech i'm not a tech uh, guy but now you know, you've put in or if you've uh, you've uh, you put in chat gpt or you put in other ai tools and now those ai tools are going to evolve so fast yeah how, you know how where is the is there a starting point and an end point or is it a starting point and a never ending point yeah i think there is there's no end point um, i think these tools are going to continue to evolve and that's why it's so important to have the right team and to um, to be a partner with the right software tools right um, what these, the way these tools work is the more integrated they are with your workflow, with your data, the more effective they actually can be. Yeah. And so what's going to happen is, you know, with, with software like right now, you can switch between one task management tool and another task management tool in a day. But in the future, because everything's going to be so integrated with AI, that's actually going to be a little harder because each tool is going to know a great deal about you and your history and your patterns and so on. So it's very, very important to pick the right horses. And mm. that's why I feel so excited about this company and this team, because I've seen this team behind the scenes iterating with these tools. And this is absolutely cutting edge, the, the way that uh, our engineering 
staff is able to to leverage these tools and it's really inspiring so it's I interesting it's, you talk about picking the right horses and a lot of colleges and universities out there who are using a crm right now and thinking about making making a change or maybe they're not even using a crm they're using excel because there are schools out there like that right of now. course um and thinking about bringing on a next level crm we have to pick the right course. We got to pick that CRM company, that tech company that's going to be behind us 100% helping us evolve. Do you think that this early adoption, because Element 451 is doing things with AI right now in the system that nobody else is talking about, that this makes you the right horse for the future for colleges and universities to continue to recruit in ways that we don't even know we are going to recruit yet? Yeah, we certainly think so, but that's something we have to prove, right? So, right. Um, you know, for me, it's, it's not just about building cool technology that, uh, that looks neat. It's about the actual value that we're delivering to people's uh, daily lives, you know? So that's why uh, I was just talking about hearing users' stories, understanding what folks are actually doing when they come into the office in the morning or they, they open their laptop in the morning. Or students and, are waiting for them. Ah! Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what, what kind of problems they're trying, what, what's stressing them out, right? Yeah. And what, what uh, their pain points are. So for me, that's that's a key aspect also of, of choosing the right company is that you're not just um, you're not just getting software. You're also getting a partner who's going to help you serve those needs. And if you have a partner who's responsive, who knows the tools, is able to implement them quickly and well and keep them up to date with all the latest changes, you are going to be ahead of the curve. And that's the promise that we're giving to our schools is that we're going to keep them at the cutting edge of this technology. Bullseye. We like to be at the cutting edge. How do you stay at the cutting edge? I mean, I try to keep up with AI tools. I was writing my down my favorite ones to I do a presentation later. I said, I'll go over my couple of favorites. There's so many. And it's it's how do you decide what you're going to implement within your system? How do you first of all, you have to know what they are. And it feels like there's 100 new ones every day. Second of all, you have to pick and say this particular AI is solving this problem for Element 451, uh, not even solving a problem, it's enhancing mm. the system that's going to solve this problem for the, for the user, for the school. How do you pick? I mean, yeah. someone like you, this is, I need your information on how, yeah. how I pick AI <laughs> for my life. Well, and I'm very reliant on the team uh, here at Element to give me um, a lot of that kind of boots on the ground knowledge of how these different tools can interact and the different strengths and weaknesses of different approaches. Um, because, you know, even I am not going to be able individually to keep up with everything that's that's changing. And the the uh, engineers are able to actually demo these tools, are able to try them within our software and identify, you know, potential use cases for different um, different solutions. So I think it's a team effort. I think you have to share knowledge continually. Uh, you also have to have a culture internally of experimentation and of um, of, of try, trying things, right? And, and that it's okay to spend some time actually investigating a tool, um, even if it doesn't come to anything or it doesn't turn out to be useful right now, because who knows, maybe in the future it could be useful. Yeah, if you so, don't try, you'll never know. I exactly. like your style, exactly. dude. So it's, it's, I think it, it kind of starts with that internal culture of being willing to take those risks and uh, to really center the product development around trying to take advantage of the latest things. And it's a lot of, you know, knowledge sharing and trying, having the right conversations. But one tool that's been especially useful for me is actually really getting into these uh, AI software and writing prompts and mm -hmm. understanding what I'm getting back and, you know, seeing for myself, like how these tools actually interact. Because for me as a product leader, it's key for me to, to lean into the aspects that, that they're good at, yep. uh, lean away from the aspects they're not so good at, 
And you know, these tools are evolving very rapidly. They need to be augmented. They need to be kind of assisted a lot of the time in when they're getting implemented. Um, they're not a kitchen sink yet, uh, or they're like a really bad kitchen sink. Yep. Like they can kind of do a lot of things, but scratched but up kitchen sink, very scratched up with some holes. But, what's what's um, interesting yeah. though, about what you're saying, and this is important as we talk about AI for the general higher education administrator or faculty member, when you're talking about prompt and prompt creation engineer, you know, when you go to chat GPT and you, you're trying it out and you put in, you know, what is the future of higher ed hold? And somebody who actually understands prompts is going to look at that and go, whoa, that's like the most simple kind of prompt you could ever put in. We're talking tone and role and depth and, you know, length. And th there's a whole science to this. And so even though there's early adopters, the early adopters, and we'll, we'll just t say people who are aware of AI technology, it's like, it's separating itself really fast because those prompts can be very complicated. Absolutely. And wh what we're trying to do in our product is make a lot of that invisible to our user. So our user is able to interact with these large language models in a very kind of human, simple way to get things done. And we have actually trained the model in advance with all of that context about so what's I don't have appropriate. to know. Yeah. So you right. don't have to continually tell the, um, the large language model how to write an SMS. We've already trained it about what we think an effective SMS, you know, length is and when to yep. put it in an emoji and things like that. And so the user just has to come in and do the thing that they're uniquely suited for, which is understanding who they're trying to reach and with what type of message, right? So we, we try to kind of abstract that out for the user through our uh, engineering. But we also have a second way of kind of helping with that, which is we're using um, these AI tools, not just to get something done and to listen to a prompt, but also to train the user to tell the user in advance the kind of information that the model is going to need in order to take the right action. So Please. like when you look at like uh, on your iPhone, if you're typing out a text message, it's constantly trying to tell you what the next word you might want to use is. A, a famous one would be ducking. Yeah, exactly. Which <laughs> I think they just changed that because it was like a, if yeah. you, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I know you know what I'm talking about. Ducking. Yeah. Everybody's gotten that. Text. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're trying to, we're trying to, uh, really holistically utilize the AI tools, not just to take instructions, but also to show the user the kind of instructions that are going to be effective. Um, and that goes, that helps them use our software better, but it also helps our users uh, adapt to interacting with computers in this new way, yeah. right? Which is going to be the case across, uh, you know, virtually every platform that we all use every day. As the chief product officer, do you think about the person who's the early adopter and making a product for that 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 user who can really use it effectively? Or do you think about the one that's looking at this going, I don't know about this thing? How do you, because there's so many different types of users, how do you develop a product that, who do you develop it for, I guess is the question, right? The early adopter or you develop it for the person that doesn't even know they need it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's always a blend. And I think that a lot of the time, if you do a good, good enough job uh, at, um, supporting early adopters, it allows more people to become early adopters. Well, because you know, right. I, the reason I ask is because this room, when, when you know of people, they're when you're presenting, they're they're on their, you know, they're doing it with you and they're checking it out. And the person who's sitting back at their school right now that doesn't know about it yep. is going to go, oh, I'm behind, or what is this? And so the product has to speak to them too, right? Right, of course. And there's there's always a right timing and a right cadence for uh, when these things emerge and when they when they really hit the mainstream. But I think a lot of that is actually in the interface. It's a lot in how you actually yeah. interact with the tool. 
And I think that ChatGPT is a great example because OpenAI's um, models have been around for a long time, but the pa packaging of it into yep. this ChatGPT tool that is so like fluid, so intuitive, so natural for people to interact with, that's what has allowed it to really hit the stratosphere in terms of yep. product adoption, right? So I think it's really about, um, it's about supporting both. It's about ensuring that always the focus is on bringing the most value to the most people. But really in order to do that, we do need to continue to support early adopters and give them what the things that they want to try. Because they're, they're your evangelists in the end, Yeah, right? they, they, well, they become evangelists. Um, the more, the easier it is to use those early adopter features, the more early adopters there will be. And um, you know, ultimately in this world, of like you know technology in general but specifically this ai technology like today's early adoption feature is like tomorrow's old old feature legacy feature uh this, this world is moving so fast i don't think you can afford to just kind of try to hit the middle all the time you know That's you right. have to be ahead of the curve because the curve moves so fast so so for us it's it's always about that blend but like um you know long term the big picture is we want to serve the most people the most value. And we, we make judgment calls every day about how we're going to run that calculation and uh, prioritize the right thing so that um, we deliver uh, on our promises. Yeah, and speaking of curbs, we have this thing called the enrollment cliff coming. And it's partnerships uh, with uh, our vendors. It's partnerships with our ed tech companies that are enhancing the experience for students that is going to make the difference on who makes it out and who right. does well because you're we're thinking about the future and so is the student and i was saying to i was in, uh, talking to daniela uh, before i said the students coming with their own ai tool set what, what are we yeah. going to do as a college or university to meet that so we talk about meeting students where they are well if they're coming with ai tools how are we going to meet them where they are one of the ways is through a product like element 451 that's going to be able to tell us how to communicate with these students in a way they understand What's, uh, what's the future hold for Element 451? You get the last word. Absolutely. Well, this year we're going to be focusing on a full rollout of our AI tools, our internal tool, Copilot, our uh, user-facing tool, BoltBot. Um, we're targeting Q3 for kind of full public releases of those tools. We're releasing a, a new uh, platform called Ignite, which is a kind of slimmed down version of Element that just includes the core communication tools. Amazing! Um, and that would allow users of other CRMs like Salesforce or Slate to be able to take advantage of our communication tools and, Ooh, and utilize like them in their workflow. Um, we're focusing on expanding the product to serve uh, different use cases uh, even better for current students and for alumni. And we're also trying to bring new features to the public in uh, in the form of portals that users will be able to log into to look at and edit and update their data um, and also interact with the element AI tools themselves. Uh, so it's really a, a, a big a year lot coming. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and I'm I personally am super excited to see this all uh, come together. And I think I hope uh, this time next year, we're, we're sitting here looking back at a, another great year of uh, product development. I have a feeling that's going to be true because there's, I, I have to tell you, there's a lot of very, very smart individuals around here the at Element 451 yeah, and uh, flexible, adaptable startup mentality. Yep. Uh, and that's what higher ed needs. And for those that are going to get on board, uh, you've got a heck of a partner over here at Element 451. And in this gentleman, he's my guest today. He's your guest. He's Ty Fujimura. He is the Chief Product Officer at Element 451. Ty, did you enjoy your time on the podcast here today? Absolutely. I wish we could do another 20. 
We could, we could, yeah. we could do whatever we want here at the Ed Up Experience, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You've just Ed Upped. <laughs>